Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and I can't start today's show without talking about the ISO 10002. You know, some people just love to complain, but companies have a responsibility to care. The International Organization for Standardization, ISO, has revised ISO 10002, the standard for complaint handling. This document enables organizations to foster a customer-focused environment, open the feedback, heightening their customer satisfaction. You can get the ISO 10002 standard from the American National Standards Institute, ANSI, the U.S. member body of ISO. Visit ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. That's ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 11 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs of on one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show. We're meeting with the Franchise King, Joel LaBava. And Joel LaBava has been tagged the Franchise King for a good reason. Joel is an author and a brutally honest entrepreneur focused on making sure that prospective franchise owners don't lose their money. And in part one of today's show, we discuss the essential steps to researching a franchise opportunity. And Joel asks, asks and answers the following questions to our listeners. Do you know how to conduct your introductory phone call with franchise companies? Do you know what questions to ask the franchise company? Do you know what the franchise companies can and cannot tell you? Then, in part two of today's show, Joel discusses his book, his most recent book, Become a Franchise Owner. And the book is full of great information. For example, Joel describes how to choose the right franchise for your specific situation. He also lists 40 crucial questions to ask current franchise owners. Then, in part three, we end the show with a clip from our great Quotes in Franchising podcast, and we talk about the different types of entrepreneurs. And that's coming right up on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. The Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity. Are you looking for a unique and lucrative franchise opportunity? If so, take a look at Stone Coat. With a patented process which creates a true stone finish on almost any wall or ceiling, Stone Coat is a true game-changing product in the multi-billion dollar construction industry. Stone Coat is applied faster, cleaner, and cheaper than conventional quarried stone, which saves both time and money. With advantages in remodel and new construction of both residential and commercial projects, Stone Coat is a true crossover product. The Stone Coat franchise opportunity provides a low startup cost, low operating expenses, comprehensive training, ongoing support, and no royalty payments. For more information on the Stone Coat franchise opportunity, go to www.stonecoatfranchise.com. 
That's www.stonecoatfranchise.com or call us at 972-380-2700. That's 972-380-2700. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 11 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs of one one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show. We're meeting with the franchise king, Joel LaBava, and Joel LaBava has been tagged the franchise king for a good reason. Joel is an author and brutally honest entrepreneur focused on making sure that prospective franchise owners don't lose their money, and in part one, we're going to discuss the essential steps researching a franchise opportunity in part two we're going to discuss joel's most recent book become a franchise owner and then we're going to finish our show with our popular great quotes in franchising podcast let's go right into our interview with franchise king joel labava but today we have a great show, as you were mentioning earlier, Don. We're welcoming back uh, Joel LaBava, who's a friend to the show. And uh, Joel is a franchise industry veteran. And Joel discussed his new book, The Essential Steps to Researching a Franchise Opportunity. And in his new book, Joel suggests taking a step-by-step approach and focusing on fact-gathering activities, which he includes in his easy-to-follow book. Hey, Joel, good morning. Welcome to the show. Great, thank you. That's fantastic. Hey, Joel, it's Don Johnson. It's good to have you back on. Uh, Hi. My first question to you is how do you uh, find the time to do everything you're doing these days? You're quite popular <laughs> and stuff. That's true. It, it's uh, getting increasingly difficult, and, and as soon as I can figure out what the heck I can delegate, uh, I'm <laughs> going to do it. But right now, with all the writing and blogging and right. doing stuff on guest columns and radio, I mean, I just, uh, so I just have to figure out what I can delegate. That's a good question, though, and it's been definitely uh, on my mind for the last couple months now. Well, you're doing a great job just yeah. helping the franchise industry in general, uh, companies, individuals. Uh, you know, it's great to have people like you out there, like really benefiting uh, the whole industry. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad you guys are around, too. Uh, you know, this Internet radio thing is wonderful. It Thanks. really has. Yeah. It's just taken off, Joel, you know, and, and uh, we've uh, doubled or actually tripled our, our, our listenership, you know, probably since we've last spoken to you, you know. So it's just, uh, it's just incredible, you know, since we've been working with Blog Talk Radio. It's just been a great experience. Well, good for you. You know, it's interesting because um, I uh, I drove past your office uh, about two weeks ago, and there was um, 
not one but two Brinks trucks right in front of your door, and I, I didn't know what was going on, but now I do. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it must have been a great feeling for you to, to complete the, uh, the e-book as well, Joel. You know, it's been one of my dreams for a long time to write a book, you know, and I can't imagine what that felt like for you, you know, to you know, put the finishing touches on it. And uh, It was great. Took took four months. I can imagine. Which isn't bad. I mean, you know, it's not a 200-page not a book, but it took four but, months. Absolutely. But the book is, is, is definitely different. There's nothing out there like, you know, I think Don and I have, have probably read all of them, you know, and, uh, you know, the book is, is quite detailed, but it's not, um, it's not overwhelming. And I noticed you talk about things that people wouldn't uh, think about talking about, like, for example, uh, what you should expect to happen once you reach out to a franchise opportunity for help. Um, why include things like uh, what to do after receiving a franchise packet in the mail and what to expect from a franchise conference call. Very interesting stuff. Well, it's real-life stuff. You know, I've worked with hundreds of people in the in the past uh, several years, and, and the ones that have followed the process the right way um, and decided to get into franchising um, are definitely more prepared than folks that are just going to go out and buy a, a, you know, I don't know, Subway or something, nothing wrong with Subway, but to go out and buy a Subway just because they think it's popular. You know, they don't do the research. The research is the key. Sure, absolutely. And I think most people, Joel, you know, to be condescending to our listeners, but I think they simply just don't know how to research, you know, and yeah. you know, it shows uh, exactly like in a step-by-step process how to do all that, you know, um, it's just so important, the research process. It is. I mean, it's intimidating. I mean, you're, it is intimidating. it's a whole life changing. It's, it's a big investment or it could be. Uh, and then you're getting all this information, you know, you know, someone needs that coach, that person, that consultant to help them, you, you know, so they get the, so they call up a franchise, uh, the FDD gets delivered to them. You know, what do you suggest that they do from there, Joel? Uh, well, they're going to get the, the, they'll, they'll reach out to the franchisor, and the franchisor hopefully will follow up within within a day, and uh, they'll get a packet in the mail, and the franchisor will will uh, ask them nicely to look it over, and then to schedule a conference call. And um, that first conference call, I think, is is one of the most important parts of the whole process. The the franchisor isn't really doing any selling at that point. Um, uh, they're kind of seeing if they like, you, and and you're kind of feeling things out to see if you like them, just kind of as a person first. Because you're going to be interacting for four weeks with this with this franchise director. Do you recommend that the, the that the buyer prospect, the franchisee, does their homework and knows uh, knows quite a bit about that franchise they're looking at, or is, or is that still a little too soon? A little too soon. Um, you know, at first glance, people are attracted to certain franchise opportunities because they think they're popular, or they think that they're needed in their neighborhood, right. or they've heard about something. Uh, just approach it with an open mind. Get the brochure, whether it's electronic or whether it's uh, snail mail. And, and look over the brochure, write some questions down as you go, and that way uh, you're prepared for the conference call. But the research part, you're, you're just at the beginning. See if you like what the, what the franchise director has to say first. Right, right absolutely. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've been in like a Dunkin' Donuts stroll or a Subway, you know, and just standing on line and, and someone next to you says, God, I wish I owned one of these. Wish I had one of these, yeah. Right, just because it's the fact that it's crowded, you know. Right. It's, uh, terrible reason to terrible franchise, you know. Terrible reason. You know, what are the chances that you have something in common with uh, with the owner of uh, of that Dunkin' Donuts or that Subway? 
You know, it, it looks good on the outside, and sure. there's nothing wrong with the food franchise, but I hope you know what you're getting into. Right, absolutely. And, and that's where you come in, to really do all the behind-the-scenes uh, things and uh, to make sure they're asking themselves all the questions that, that maybe they haven't thought of that's going to be imperative to make sure they're happy in whatever business they choose. That's right. And, you know, I don't know if you if you went down far enough in the, in the, in the, on the page that I have set up for the book, but um, a good friend of, uh, of mine, Sean Kelly, who's also another pretty popular franchise blogger, Suggested that um, I include um, a half hour of, uh, of of my time for people that that invest in this book, and that's what I've done. So people can uh, arrange to talk to me for a half hour on the phone and bounce their ideas off of me. I'm not going to sell them anything. I'm not going to try to switch them to an opportunity that I work with. I just want to talk to them and and tell them that yeah, you're doing the research the right way. You're headed the right direction. So I'm doing that now. And and, and I guess a, and this is something Marty and I have preached on. Uh, you know, just about every show, that when someone's researching a franchise, it's so imperative to call uh, and speak to the other franchisees that's listed in the FDD. And you even recommend going to visit the franchisees and, and to just ask a lot of questions. Uh, you know, why, why should someone do, you know, do all this? Joel? It's amazing that, that a lot of people that I've talked to that have come to me a little too late and said, boy, Joel, I wish I would have talked about you or I wish I would have known about your book, they all say the same thing. Oh, I didn't talk to any franchisees. <laughs> and, I, and I said, why not? Well, the franchise director, you know, they said I didn't have to or, you know, I'm perfect for the business. You know, you got to talk to the people that are actually doing it and that took the risk already. That's what it's about. These people took the risk. They're not getting paid by the franchise company to say good things. You know, so talk to the people that are doing the business. See if, you know, see if there's some stuff in common. Yeah, and I think that's something that helps you sleep better at night, Joel, you know, is, is, is it kind of gets rid of that nervousness because this is a very big investment, you know. It's, it's just a lot of times, you know, Don, and I, I think you as well, you compare it to a marriage, you know. Yeah. It's that big, you know, so um, it really is so important that you have all the facts. And I suspect that there's a lot of people out there that don't have all the information that they actually need to make the decision. No, and they're, they're making the decision on emotion. They're exactly. not making it on facts. And what's the percentage of people who eventually invest in a franchise? It's over 90% that they never initially considered that franchise or industry to begin with. It's well, the ones like that, that, yeah, the ones that work with folks like myself, um, most of them are definitely in, in, in franchises they never really thought of or might not have heard of, but the skill set matches. Um, but there's still a lot of people out there, you guys, that, that just buy a franchise because it's, it's branded, or, you know, it has a name, or they really think that it would be perfect in this shopping center. Right. And they're the wrong match for the business. Exactly. So they fail. Joel, you do a nice job at explaining the uh, different finance arrangements that are out there, and you even include ways to uh, talk to your local bankers. Can you tell our listeners uh, why that's so important? Well, most people that that are um, uh, getting into franchising nowadays um, are not the college kids, and I know you talked about that. But most of them are, are folks in their in their you know mid mid forties to sixty years old. Right. So they hopefully already have some kind of relationship with their local community bank. So that's the first place to go. Um, I would I would uh, try to meet with uh, the the branch manager, tell him or her that you're thinking about getting into a business of your own, and see how they re- respond to you, and get to know them, and have them get to know you, and see if there's a comfort level. Because a local bank, I feel, is going to really really try to make sure that you succeed, uh, because you know their their money's on the line too. 
And it doesn't hurt to have a checking account and a savings account and, and to use all the leverage you can to try to get a loan from a local lender. It depends on the size of the loan because that's the business I'm in, and we're always telling people when they're first calling us uh, uh, and looking into franchise financing to go speak to their local bank. Yeah. Sometimes that's the answer. and uh, Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. I right, agree. Right. And we work with lenders nationwide, and uh, but we do a lot of consulting and um and you know that's a whole other uh, you know conversation. But you're right about them. You know, right off the bat, know their situation. Just not how much they might be able to get a loan for, but just how much they can safely invest. So yeah. in case they lose their investment, do they have money to fall back on? All of our loans, Joel, that we do, we make sure we include plenty of working capital. Heck yeah, that's so important. Yeah, because people don't realize that when you open, it's just not the investment to get your doors open. You have that reserve, that money, that cash flow and working capital that's right. to start paying bills the first three six months or more. Uh, and if you go through that, you have your own personal reserve to, to have that as a fallback position. So we're always preaching that to people, and that's so important that, that, that they have to really think about what uh, size investment they can do uh, in general. That, that's right, something right. we help or their local bank, uh, you know, the local banker can talk to them about as well. Also, the, the, just because there's a local banker involved doesn't mean that local banker knows anything about franchise investing or, or even how to do a franchise loan. Right. But it's, it's a good start. Uh, are you seeing, Joel, more people looking at lower investment size franchises? Um, I tend to try to work in the lower investment ones anyway. Um, I just I like, I like the folks that I uh, work with to, to try to really lower their risk uh, financially. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all over the board. It's all over the board. I'm bringing more and more. The folks I've talked to, the franchisors. Right, exactly. Make sure you're making the right decision, and we're a big proponent of using you know, professionals and you know, specialists like yourself. Right. All these decisions are so important, reviewing the FDD, you know, choosing which franchise, signing a lease, you know, whatever it is. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, um, you know, so maybe people listening, tell, tell people a little bit more about franchise selection specialists and all the services that you guys do. Sure, sure. Uh, my main focus is helping Northeast Ohioans uh, find appropriate opportunities in the world of franchising, and, and I teach them how to do the research, and I kind of coach them along the process. Then I introduce them to uh, uh, local franchise attorneys and lenders, uh, accountants. I even help them uh, with their marketing uh, because uh, my business has also turned into a franchise marketing business. So I run four blogs of my own, the main blog being the Franchise King blog. Um, and I'm also right now, I don't know if you guys knew this, but I run the franchise blog over at allbusiness.com, oh, which was it's a huge site that was just bought by Dun & Bradstreet for about right. $30 million. Yeah, I heard that. Um, so I'm doing that. I'm on smallbusinesstrends.com, which is another uh, pretty big small business website. I, yeah, that's I, a great one. Joe. It's yeah. a great one. I, I author there. I'm uh, the franchise expert in residence there. I do a, a post about once a month about franchising. Yeah. So I'm doing a lot of writing. <laughs> Plus, I own some websites. That I'm uh, that I'm doing stuff with, so I'm I'm definitely um, you know heart set on the, on the franchise world. I'm very very pro franchise, but I'm also very skeptical. Um, I get franchise companies calling me all the time that want to maybe uh, you know be on the blog or or want me to represent them and help them find franchisees, and I'm really careful. So so, but I have an all encompassing business that's focused on franchising, and uh, I'm not very politically correct. If you read my blogs. Um, if there's a scam out there, I have no problem talking about it. Exactly. If there's a 
lousy franchisor, no problem talking about it. Right, absolutely. You've done a lot of uh, work with the, the vets too, Joel, haven't you? You know, uh, since we, we that was actually how we first heard about you. You were doing the franchise blog for vets. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, I try to do um, as much as I can for the war veterans, and there's going to be tons of them returning. Exactly. Uh, from there's Iraq, a lot of opportunity there. A lot of opportunity, and they're really, really a nice fit for franchising. If you're a if you're a military person, right away you're you're a good fit for franchising. Um, it doesn't mean that you could succeed, and right. it doesn't mean that you should be doing it. But you know, psychologically, it's a really good fit because you're used to you know working working a system. Absolutely, I would agree with that. Yeah, I was told Don when I go back for my PhD, Joel, I'd like that <laughs> would be the dissertation. You know, is is, is do veterans make uh, you know better franchisees? And I I believe they do. You know, just because the ability, and again, not all of them, as you said, not all of them, you know, right? But uh, uh, just because they have this ability to uh, follow a system, you know. So I always thought they'd be a great match. Yeah, they've read they a really lot of articles uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, a lot of different uh, franchisors are very pro-military. Oh yeah, go out and recruit uh, the veterans. So hopefully yeah. that continues, and I'm sure I'm sure I'll be speaking to a lot in the next few years. Yeah, yeah, that vet fran program is wonderful. It veterans is. can get a, a a discount on the franchise fee with about I think there are almost up to 300 franchisors now, something like that. Um, so it's good stuff. Yeah, you know, so you've been in the business. Uh, what it's about fifteen years, Joel. So you've you know you've done a lot of different things. So you know that you know that prototypical type of uh, entrepreneur or uh, or you know franchisee. So my, and really, my question is, you know, what do you feel the uh, the, the best and strongest characteristics uh, to be successful in franchising? The ability, I think, the biggest one is the ability to put your ego aside and say, look. If I want to get into business now, I want to get into the business that's going to get me where I want to go the fastest. And since I don't have an idea on my own, why not ride the coattails of someone else? So if you can put your, your ego aside and say, I'm going to use someone else's system. I'm going to follow their plan. I'm not going to argue. And I just need to prove that the system works by doing the research. Um, then I'm just going to do it. Because it's even though it's about me, it's about the whole picture. And when you get into a franchise, you're really partnering partnering with a franchise company. So if you're willing to really, really go through that owner's manual and the operations manual and, and use the right marketing uh, concepts and, and templates and everything that's given to you as part of your, your fees, you know, I think you can be a good candidate for franchising. Um, how much due diligence do you think people should do? Is there a certain time frame? Or Yeah, yeah, I would say... For someone that's not working right now, that's been downsized, four to six weeks from beginning to end should be plenty. Right. If they're super analytical, maybe seven or eight weeks. But if you if you follow the directions in this book, um, it's really easy to get all the facts that you'll need to get. There's gonna there's gonna you know be that point where you you get to where it's like, well, I think I've learned all I could learn. It's time to either do it or not do it. So yeah, you know, four to six weeks is is, is pretty reasonable. And then depending on the franchise. Um, if it's a uh, home-based or a small office franchise that doesn't really require inventory, you know, you're in business in a couple months after that. If it's a storefront like Arita's, like you guys were talking about, six months, maybe nine months sometimes to find a location. Are there some you know, certain industries in franchising right now you feel pretty strong about that are going real solid? Uh, you know, what are a couple of your favorite ones that you're putting people towards? Uh, the, the senior care medical and non-medical franchise concept Right. I think that th that these franchisors um, that are proving themselves right now are really, really starting to gel. I think five, six years ago when a lot of these, especially the non-medical franchises came out, I think they were just kind of learning. Right. I think now there's a few that really get it. Yeah. 
you know, the demographics of this country, the, the numbers do not lie. And if you can get in now and ramp up for the next 10 years with, with the millions of baby boomers that are still going to be retiring, I think it's, I think it's a win-win. That, that is definitely one that I am focused on because I, I see it. I see what's going on. And, you know, just the whole state of the franchising industry, you know, where would you put it right now, Joel? I mean, I mean, obviously, you can throw things, but franchising with the growth, the new systems, everything, if you feel good in general about the about the franchise uh, world, I guess? Well, I told you that I wasn't politically correct. <laughs> um, you know, this Internet thing has, has really, really changed everyone's business. Um, there are so many choices out there right now in franchising, and there's new concepts coming out every month. I think as a consumer that is interested in learning about franchising, I think that it's a little overwhelming, more than it's ever been. Right. In addition to the marketing messages they're starting to get just by going on the Internet to look at a franchise or two or three, they're getting inundated with, with messages on billboards and radio and email boxes. And it's just really, really tough, I think, for someone to be able to slow themselves down enough to say, what is it that I want this business to do for me? Right. You know, where, where am I going to fit in? And then the other thing is, you know, everyone seems to want to become a franchise consultant or franchise broker. You know, when I, when I um, uh, joined uh, a group that I'm not with anymore uh, seven years ago, my, my late father was, was one of the earliest members of this group. I mean, in 91 when he started, there were maybe 40 or 50 people doing what I do, maybe in the whole country. Now there's at least 2,000 or more that are not only trying to help people looking for franchises, but now they're actually competing with each other and with the franchisors and with the marketing messages. So, you know, the, the, the brokerage industry is really crowded. I've written about it before. And it's a little scary because everyone thinks that they're going to become a franchise broker and make oodles of money. But now there's more franchises to choose from. There's more franchise brokers that are going to be reaching out along with more marketing messages, I think it's, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen. There's going to have to be a shakeout, right. and, and that's what I'm feeling. And a lot of the folks that do what I do have been talking about this. Um, yeah. More complicated than ever, Joel. To, to it is. There's so many marketing messages that we're getting bombarded with. Right, which is, you know, really, you know, brings us to, you know, the reason why you have the ebook, uh, Marty. I'm sure you've seen some of the, uh, you know, the chapters here. Franchise pros and cons. Right. You know, how to work with the franchise salesperson. The seven must-do steps to take. Uh, right. Of course, talking about, uh, you know, financial considerations, uh, the legalities, choosing the right attorney. Yeah. You know, when should Important. you make your decision? Yeah. When you should say no. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, great information that people have to know getting into, you know, especially a franchise business. It could be wonderful or it could be a mistake. Yeah, and I like what, how you mentioned, yeah. too, Joel, is, is, is what do I want this franchise to actually do for me? We had someone on the show, I, I can't remember, it was about three four weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, they said, you know, people don't buy drills because they need a drill. They buy a drill because they need a hole. Because it's and, a solution, right. Exactly, you know, and it's just franchising is, is, is a means to an end. And we had these great guys on the show, uh, it was about a month and a half ago, uh, it was a fish window cleaning, and uh, they were like the franchisees of the year. And, um, you know, they, they, they worked for Enterprise Rent-A-Car for years, and uh, 
they never seen themselves getting into this kind of franchise, you know, but the franchise right. was just a perfect fit for them because their goal was to spend more time with their families, you know. Right. That's exactly what the Monday franchise through Friday. does for them. Exactly, you know, and, and on Fridays, I think they even, I think they take off now too, don't they, Don? I don't think they right. even go to the office anymore. So they have these, these great hours where they spend with their kids and their wife, and that's what it did for them, you know, and it's just, uh, so, so I love how you say that, you know, what, what do I want this franchise to actually do for me? You know? Right, right. People think of that, you know. Yeah, cause people don't always ask those detailed questions. People right. will rush to make a decision. They want to start making money. They, sure. But if you, you know, it, it, it might be the best to take those three to six extra months to do all your due diligence. That's and right. Making sure you're going into the right situation because, you know, what we talked about being a marriage, you have a 10-year agreement. There's a lot going on. You want to make sure you're comfortable with the, the franchisor and the people there that you're going to be, uh, you know, speaking to often. You just got to make sure it's going to be a good situation. Yeah, I bet those guys, Joel, down at the IFA show in Orlando, and I uh, just thought it would be, uh, uh, you know, just pretty nice to have them on the show because they did they did so much of their own due diligence. They were just so detailed. They took a lot of time before Good they chose Fish Window, and they Good went to the franchise consultant, and uh, they had the hundred questions. Like, you know, their wives were on board. And Good. So uh, you know, they did all the right stuff. Well, the book is called The Essential Steps to Researching a Franchise Opportunity. And um, did you want to plug some websites? Still, there's a lot of them, or even sure, yeah, there are a lot of them. Well, first of all. <laughs> They just go to your website. They can buy the book, I believe. They can. They can go to our. We have a new book section. You know, we have a nice picture there uh, where people can actually link to buy the book. We also have it on our show page on uh, Blog Talk Radio as well. You know, oh good. Listeners can actually click and uh, be linked right to that page as well. Um, Good. I I, um, I created something called a uh, hub page that okay. John Jantz of Duck Marketing, uh, uh, Duct Tape Marketing, uh, told me about, and I suggested. Brilliant, it. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah great guy. www.joellabava.com. Uh, oh, that makes sense. It has everything about what I'm doing, the projects I'm working on. Uh, it has links to all my um, blogs and all my other websites. Uh, that's probably the best the best thing to do. But if if you want to subscribe to a blog that will keep you up to date, uh, just go to thefranchiseking.com, and uh, that's, that's an easy one to find. You know, Don and I are going to get into a fight after the show now. <laughs> We're going to argue about whose name we should choose. Should it be martinmcdermott.com or Don Johnson? <laughs> Martyanddon.com. There you go. Exactly. Make it easy. That's a great idea. But Joel, it's always a pleasure to to have you. Hi everyone and welcome to Franchise Interviews where for over five years we've been asking the franchisees of all one. I'm your host Marty McDermott with my co-host Don Johnson and if you've ever dreamed of owning your own business then you've come to the right place. We have a great show today. We're meeting with the franchise king, Joel Lava. And Joel is an author of a brutally honest entrepreneur hyper-focused on marketing sure that prospective franchise owners don't lose their money. And today we're going to talk to Joel about his most recent book, Becoming a Franchise Owner, and that's coming up on Segment 2 of Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we got a great show. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over three years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com. 
where you can hear and read interviews as well as get inside tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Check out our weekly franchise radio show, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. Get three months of free advertising when you sign up for our one-year package. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Are you one of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand, the opportunity to take control of your future, and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top-performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste, and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily, and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com Hi everyone and welcome back to Franchise Interviews. We're all years. We've been asking the franchisepreneurs of all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott, with my co-host, Don Johnson. And if you've ever dreamed of owning your own business, then you've come to the right place. And as we were saying earlier, Don, we have a great show today because we're meeting with the franchise king, Joel LaVava. And Joel is an author and a brutally honest entrepreneur, hyper-focused on making sure that prospective franchise owners don't lose their money. And today we're talking to Joel about his recent book, Become a Franchise Owner. Hey, Joel, how you doing? Welcome back. Hey, guys. How you doing? Ah, uh, great, Joel. It's great to have you back uh, on the show. And I think you remember our my co-host, Don Johnson. Right, Don? Right. Yeah, hey, Joel. Hi, Happy holidays. Uh, you know, Marty and I are thinking of calling ourselves the Franchise Radio Kings. Would that be infringing on your, your name? <laughs> y- yes, it would. Okay, forget it then. We, we won't use it. <laughs> well, Joel, I say to you, yes, you know, you're the only person we've asked to come back on our show three times. So, you know we're oh, fans. Man. The only reason we don't like having you on the show is because you have a better radio voice than we do. So oh, that's a right. problem. And I know, you, <laughs> I know you have a background in radio, don't you? 
Yeah, I sure do from uh, way back when. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you have a, a great past. I want to congratulate you on the new book, Become a Franchise Owner. Um, you know, I'm a university professor, Joel, and in our world, I mean, Wiley Publishing, that's that's a pretty big deal, isn't it? Yeah, it was uh, It was pretty cool when they, when they called me and uh, actually got an email from one of the editors who, uh, interestingly enough, uh, read a review that I did of a book. And um, she called wow. me and she said, you know, it's overdue, man. I like your platform. Yeah. I like what you have to say. And uh, let's do a deal. I what, agree. What, I agree. What, what was it, Joel, that you think uh, stuck in their mind or maybe it was something specific that, that you put in there? I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of books on franchising. What do you think they – why they wanted you to write it? Uh, I think they felt that I was really, really um, – or I am really, really straightforward and that mm-hmm. I, I um, I'm not shy, and that mm-hmm. that yeah. I want them to be careful. And I think the folks at Wiley uh, are also, you know, in favor of that, of, you know, helping readers do the right thing. Right. Yeah, this book is definitely um, different, Joel, than, than anything that's out there. I think Don and I have probably, let's just say, Don, we've probably read all the, the, the franchise books, and, and I haven't gotten through the whole book yet, but it really is fantastic i mean i like how you use examples and things like that you know from different people and did, did you learn anything when you were writing the book I, I know for me i do a lot of writing as well and um i always seem to learn something when, when i'm writing did, did you learn anything in writing this book i learned something about writing actually uh yeah. i mean i've been writing online for go, uh, six years now. i know you, you know, have write, i've been following yeah yeah thank you a lot of places and uh uh what i learned was that uh two and three sentence things kind of turn into massive amounts of paragraphs. They just yes. grow and grow. Uh, and it, it was really weird because when I, when I talked to the editors, I said, you want how many words? I said, there's no <laughs> way I'll be able to do that. And, exactly. and, and she told me, she said, you know what, you'll see. So it ended up being more words than I uh, uh, actually contracted for. So uh, that was kind of cool. It just kind of kind of starts exploding once you get going. That's fantastic. And I know you've been doing a lot of promotion for the book as well. You were um, recently were you were in New York, weren't you, Joel? Yeah, I was in New York City at uh, the Small Business Expo there, and I did a seminar, and uh, it was pretty wow. cool. About uh, 10,000 people came through the doors. That's fantastic. I know Don and I wanted to meet you there, you know, but we yeah. didn't get over there. But it would have been fantastic to, to, to finally get to meet you face-to-face. Um, everyone calls you the Franchise King, and I know a lot of our listeners are saying, well, how did he become the Franchise King? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, for those people that know me, uh, they know that it's not about ego. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the real story is actually uh, pretty darn exciting. Uh, not at all, actually. The uh, I went into an exhibit hall at uh, one of the local chambers of commerce for an expo several years ago, and the director of the chamber, who knows me, uh, from across the room yells out at full volume, Hey, it's the Franchise King! (laughs) (laughs) What? Who, me? And uh, it stuck. And then a a local Cleveland uh, friend of mine, Jim Kukrell, who's a a great Internet marketer, uh, uh, hammered on me to get that thing trademarked, which I did. So uh, that's how it came about. How exciting. And I I, I always enjoy just, you know, people being honest. It would be very easy to write a franchise book and everything is great and you're going to make a lot of money and, you know, know, this and that. Marty and I, uh, you know, are always stressing that, you know, that franchising is not for everybody. Uh, you got to do a lot of due diligence. Yeah, in any industry, there's some some bad people in there. There's some some bad That's franchise right. systems. Uh, That's right. Uh, and of course, there's a lot of potential franchise owners and many franchise professionals listening right now. Joe, what yes. what what were some of the things uh, that that upset the franchise community a little bit that was in the book? 
Well, before I share that, I wanted to thank you because I was I was listening to the show when you guys came on the air, and uh, uh, I don't know if it was Don or, or or you, Marty, that said, uh, mm-hmm. "Man, I've been waiting for a book like this." Yeah. And I, I just want to say, first of all, thank you, and second of all, I think it takes a lot of courage to say what you said because you know, one week you have the president of the IFA on. And the next week you have me, who's obviously not an IFA member and right. um, who, who's not shy about kind of hammering on them sometimes. Right, right. Uh, and, I, and I really appreciate it because you guys get it. You know, right. it's okay to share an opinion. It's okay Absolutely. to state facts. It's okay to tell yeah. people that, you know what, the business model of franchising may be the best ever, but it is risky yeah. just like anything. So I just wanted to thank you, and I really appreciate you um, saying that. That means a lot coming from my peers. Thank you. Same here. Yeah, yeah. I need to let you saying that. Yeah. The things that 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 may upset some of the franchise industry folks, um, I disclose um, some earnings um, that some of the the brokers make. Um, mm-hmm. I used to be a franchise broker, as you know. I'm not anymore. I'm a yeah. recovering franchise broker, and uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm an advisor. I, I know right. this sounds really strange, but I actually um, ask people to pay me for my expertise, and mm-hmm. then I show them. How to how to choose how to how to research franchises how to get uh, all the information they need and then I do not point them to any specific franchisors for hope of a commission. So uh, there's nothing yeah. wrong with franchise brokerage. I liked it, but I thought that that uh, it was important for me to position myself differently. So uh, one of the things I do is I have a whole chapter talking about uh, you know asking the question. So what are those free franchise consultations really about? And I disclose some earnings that that, that brokers make. Um, so that's one thing. And I also, uh, you know, talk about some of the marketing uh, tactics that are still used, and they seem like they're 25 years old already. You know, the business in a box and turnkey operation. Yes. And you know what, guys? I was um, uh, I don't know what I was uh, on Google for, but I was searching for something, and I found a uh, within 60 seconds. I found a website that a franchise broker, a new one obviously, had set up who is who is still using the 95% of all franchises are successful. Wow. Which oh the boy. IFA wrote a letter about saying you can't do that, guys. So right. that's the kind of stuff that really upsets me. Yeah. And so I point stuff like that out. Uh, as you probably know, Joel, I'm in the franchise financing world, doing it yeah. for 13 years. And uh, we're, we're, we're always tracking the default rates and – uh, and, and especially through SBA, right? And I think it's uh, it's uh, uh, I think you know, uh, uh, I, uh, at least doubled, I think maybe even tripled the default rate. Uh, now, now, now that's not a number overall for that franchise system. If they're saying, hey, eight eight percent of franchisees uh, are, aren't successful with a particular franchise, for example, right. maybe it was only three uh, a year before. But uh, and, and a lot of that has to do with uh, these economic times these last few years, but it also has to do with the franchise system. So it's just scary stuff, even more reason to be careful when, when you're making the investment, do your due diligence. Marty and I always stress that. Do you think it's good that, uh, you know, yesterday I took a call from a franchise consulting company that, uh, you know, that they're going to specialize, and one of their main jobs is just put, putting new franchise businesses to franchise their concept. Uh, and say on a yearly basis, 200 new companies are becoming franchise systems. Do you think that's good for the franchise industry, that so many new franchise systems are starting up, and we're already at, like, what, close to 4,000? It's always good for the industry as long as the concepts are really 
really ready for, you know, franchise primetime. Uh, right, right. You know, you and I know the names, and we won't say them, I won't say them, mm-hmm. of the franchise development companies that, you know, oh, you guys, you know, they say, you guys, you gals, you have an unbelievable concept, man. You should definitely franchise this thing. We can help you. As a matter of fact, we'll even help you sell the first few. And <laughs> what happens is, if it's not if it's not a concept that, that was really ready for prime time, Right. Yeah, they help them sell one or two, and then it's over a year later. Yeah. yeah. So that's the stuff that, that I, you know, the people that I refer, uh, the franchise development professionals that I refer people to that call me are the ones that have the courage to say, you know what, A, you're not ready to do this yet. B, mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't even turn this into a franchise, you know. Uh, I don't need the, the fifty or the $100,000 that bad. But unfortunately, when the when times are even tougher, like now, you know, there are some franchise development consultants that will talk people into doing things. You know, whenever there's money on the table, guys, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. stuff happens. Right. So yeah. I'm trying to change the franchise world in my own way, as as only, you know, one person can. And, and I'm just trying to, to help this new transparency thing happen more. I'm trying to, to kind of wake people up and make them think with their head, a little before they think with their gut. And it's just, you know, it's a little convoluted. Uh, before you, you, you go on, I need to disclose something. You guys mentioned, you know, the SBA default rates and stuff. I need to disclose that I do write for SBA.gov. So I just wanted to mm-hmm. make sure that we're on the yeah. up and up. Absolutely. And there's, there's a big difference, Joel. I mean, you know, you mentioned like franchise experts versus franchise brokers. And we spoke about that a lot, Don, over the last, you know, five years. I remember, you know, it's funny, as Joel was talking, I don't know, uh, if you know the name uh, Nick Bibby, but that's the one that ran yeah. about too, Joel. You know, is, is Nick, Nick was, and you know, I have a lot in common. <laughs> you know, I think you know everybody probably in the franchise world anyway. Yeah, you know, Nick and I are very similar. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's who I thought of, you know, as, as as you were mentioning that. And, you know, he had pretty much like, you know, very similar philosophies as far as right. know, brokers and, and, and experts. And, and again, we. I, I think, you know, to, to pat ourselves on the back, we've done that very well as we try to tell a full side of the story, you know. You do. You mentioned, you know, that franchise brokers, you know, sometimes they do steer you towards who's ever, of course, in their portfolio. And I think it's well, important sure they that do. people do know that because, you know, sure. they want to get paid too, you know. So, yeah. I mean, you've been doing this such a long time now, you know, and again, not to date you or make you, you know, feel old, but, I mean, what, what changes have you seen, Joel, from, like, I mean, guess when you first got into this to, you know, where we are today, what are some of the biggest changes you know, in franchising? When I started almost 12 years ago with my late mm-hmm. father, he, uh, you know, I, I started in his office with him, and it's so funny. You know, the Internet and email 11 years, 12 years ago, was just yeah. getting kind of more common. That's right, it was. Yeah, you guys, 12 years ago it was. You're, yeah. you're going to laugh at this. I mean, you might have experienced it too. When I used to, to fire up my dad's computer to get on email, which I had no idea what email was, I'm not kidding, <laughs> it took 20 minutes between all the beeps and the weird noises and stuff to even get online. <laughs> Right. I had no idea remember, what, yeah. what email was. I had no idea what yeah. the WWW Internet, I mean, well, you know. So the biggest change, obviously, is that the Internet has, has really changed everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, people like Jeff Elgin from Franchise, uh, who was really the first one to realize that the Internet is going to be the way that people are going to get leads, um, right. he was really right. the first one the first one to jump on it. So um, that's the biggest change. The second one would be um, 
business transparency, social media stuff. Um, yeah. There's no secrets anymore. There, there's True. no secrets. I mean, look at the political stuff going on with, with the right. Republican Party and, and their yes. candidates. There are no yeah. secrets. Why do people think they're going to get away with something nowadays? So, exactly. so that's huge. That, that's huge. And and the third thing, um, you know, I was a member of the IFA because I was with FranNet, but I never went to an IFA, you know, like get together, even though I wanted to. Um, and I'm not a member now, obviously. And yeah. I'm, I I see the IFA as a really uh, changed organization, mm-hmm. and they have turned into Washington lobbyists. Right. And I don't know if it's if it's to the betterment of the industry or not, mm-hmm. but. Um, uh, it's obvious uh, uh, what's going on with which side they're leaning towards. And if you're on the other side of the political spectrum and you're a franchisor and you're paying thousands right. of dollars to be in that association, you know, what do you do? I mean, if you don't believe in their philosophies because they're leaning a certain way, you stay in. Right. I mean, so it, it's really convoluted. Um, and once again, social media has opened up the floodgates for information like that. Um, so, so that's that's a real big. Um, it's a lot easier to find out information. You know, you don't have to go to the library anymore, guys. Right. True. It, it's that's all there. True. It's all there. So, those are the biggest changes that I've seen. And just the number of industries, the number of franchise systems, Joel. The number of, I mean, just about anything could be franchised. Uh, Marty, we, we've kidded a lot about. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what's that franchise that scoops up uh, dog poop? Oh. You know, just about anything. I was just thinking about that. I was just thinking I think about that. Called duty calls. Duty I, I think yeah. I remember yeah. talking about them on the show once. You have a duty what call. Is the deal? <laughs> I mean, it's great yeah, for people to have choices, yeah. uh, but, yeah. but it can be overwhelming. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, you know, it's uh, there's there, there's so much in-depth you know, self-analysis you have to do. There's so much due diligence, so many that's choices right. and get to be confusing. I guess that's what you have to decide. You know, do you want to go with the big name franchise that everybody knows? Uh, or right. you want to go with a newer system? Maybe you can buy a larger territory, and, and, you, know, right. and you can be the one that can really get that franchise system uh, well known in a certain state or area. It's it's a lot to to go by. I think I think the bottom line is you just you know you have to not make quick decisions. Uh, but the, you know, so you like it that there's a lot of new franchise systems, a lot of decisions, a lot of these yogurt franchises are coming across the country. I guess. I, know. I mean that's I mean that's the American. Way I guess uh, when something becomes popular, like a few years back, yeah. those eBay franchises, and that's I don't know right. the status mm-hmm. of them. Right. I don't think most of them made it. It's it's yeah. uh, you know you got to be uh, you know you have to be smart when you think something could be trendy and maybe maybe well, not yeah, long there, there was never enough margin to begin with. Those businesses never should have been franchised. Right. I mean it was stupid. Yeah. There was never enough right. margin. I going to make money on on six dollars every transaction. Hello. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know times Are you thirty transactions at, a day. Are you surprised, Joel, at the number of burger franchises that have popped up since we last spoke to you? I mean, it was one of the things Don and yeah. I talked about a couple of shows yeah, ago. But you know it what? really is amazing. They're quality. They're real quality. Oh, yeah. Ones. I mean, Five Guys, it's a fantastic yeah. product. Right. I've heard about them. Yeah, I haven't tried them yet, but I heard they're their great. burgers are amazing. Yeah. They're great it's burgers. Like it's no surprise. Yeah. Right. It's not cheap. I mean, it's, you know, it's nine bucks. It's not, right. For lunch. Right. Ten yeah. bucks. But uh, good, good quality, nice operation. You can tell that they have it together. That's why they're yeah. successful. Right. Exactly. It's all the management, yeah. knowing the top people. That's uh, right. Uh, how come you think that there hasn't been more attendance, uh, you know, for years, and, you know, our, our company's been exhibiting at trade shows? A lot of the trade mm-hmm. shows, the, the, the numbers are down. 
That's why the IFE has to change. Uh, they're going to be in New York this this next spring, and I've, I've seen firsthand. Always kind of shocked with the number of people out of work, uh, mm-hmm. with, uh, with with the popularity of franchising. How do you think, or you know, why why do you think that the trade shows? It's just one aspect. Uh, you know, it's not done well. Well, I can I can I can share with you from from a customer side as an exhibitor and also as a customer. You know. Uh, these guys are crushing people with the, with the amount of money they're charging to have uh, one little table. That's that's the first thing. And the second thing is they're not very good at promotion. I, I, I don't think they are. I mean, they're right. they're good in the franchise community with promotion, right. but not outside. I, I just don't see them being that good. And and from a customer perspective, hello, let's see, it's December 8th in Cleveland, Ohio. Even though there's no snow on the ground, it's a little cold out there. I think I'm just going <laughs> to grab a cup of coffee, put my shoes up, and Google franchise opportunities. Right. Because right. I can see everything I need to see. Right. That's, That's why. true. That's really the bottom line. It's just too easy. Everything is virtual, and um, uh, it's just too easy. I happen to like the shows. They're pretty good. But what's happened is, and it's pretty obvious, uh, the last show I was at, uh, I would say that 40% of the things there were business opportunities. They weren't even franchises. Right. Wow. And why do you think that is, yeah. guys? Why do you yeah. think that is? Because the business opportunities wrote the checks. So it's about money, right? You know, yeah. those were the people that were willing to exhibit. Wow. Uh, you and know? you know, so. getting back uh, to, to your book a little bit, why is it important for future franchise owners to buy your book, Joel? Because I show them exactly, exactly, chapter through chapter, what to do, how to select, how to research, how to get to that place where they have to say yes or no safely. Uh, systematically, uh, I show the good and the bad. There's no tricks. I don't spin anything, um, and 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 I I make sure that people uh, start with themselves instead of start with with looking at advertisements. You know, a lot of people are attracted to franchises that are the latest, hottest, greatest things, but they don't even know if they're qualified a financially and b. They don't even know what their role would be as the franchisee. They think they know what it is, but they're they're not sure. So they jump ahead of themselves before they know it. They're three weeks in. They've gotten a brochure sent to them. They've been online. They've had three conversations with the franchise development representative, and and, and they're like, oh, this is for me, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I, you know. Yeah. That's I, why. That's I, I the love problem. The book so. Tool. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I love how you uh, start off with uh, James Pennington. You know, I don't, I don't want to say too oh, much about it because, of course, I want our readers to buy it. But I thought that was fantastic how you started off, you know, with that particular story because it was just, it, it really puts things in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, James didn't know how to buy a franchise. He only thought yeah. he did, you know. And it, it was a sad story, but uh, you know, the readers, the readers will see it. Hey, if you guys want to give away a book, give away a book. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, give away books to, to the listeners. Well, the, the quotes, by the way, yeah, the quotes, by the way, that you use too are, I mean, are fantastic. I mean, John Luther, you know, Warren Buffett. I like how you start off with those too. It, it's uh, uh, it's a great way. Like for example, uh, chapter one: Learn from the mistakes of others. You can never live long enough to make them all yourself. By John Luther. I just, I thought that was fantastic. A great way to Thank you. start off the the book as well. And also, you know, on a personal, how you dedicated the book to your father. I know your dad was a very big. Yeah. influence on your life, you know, on the conversations that I've had with you, you know, so I know that he would he would be very proud, you know, yeah. that uh, 
that that you wrote this book. You know, I, Thank I, you. I think this is is is, is going to be a very big book in the franchise community. So, uh, so what, what advice would you give to our listeners, then, Joel? Right now, I mean, listening, you know, they they, they have this idea that they they might want to buy uh, a franchise. So, what what would you say to them? I would say that in addition to buying the book, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if they start by looking really, really hard at themselves, by taking a couple days off, away from every electronic piece of equipment they have, mm. and, and you know, have a little quiet time, and write right. down what they're good at. You know, write down maybe what some of their personal traits are, and, and start thinking in terms of what, what they can leverage uh, in, a, in a business of their own. What are they really, really good at? And then they need to do a net worth statement, period. Don't guess. You know, there's that old saying. It's something like, if you don't know where you're at, how could you possibly find out where you're going to get? You know, it's you have to start at the beginning. What is your net worth? Yeah. And if you don't have a $300,000 net worth, minimum, minimum, uh, probably 350000 net worth, you probably shouldn't even be looking at franchises unless, you know, you have a spouse that works that can meet right. all your household expenses and more. Um, and, and you know that, you know, that first year, it's going to be really tight. So make sure your net worth is, is high enough. Uh, otherwise, you're just, you're just setting yourself up for, for disaster. Don, I mean, you're, you're in, the, in the financial uh, arena. Am I, am, I, am I off there? No, no, definitely. We, uh, and, and even lending, which is obviously really tightened up, that, that's one thing we've always looked at is, uh, is, is cash reserves. It's, it's one thing just to have the money to invest in the franchise, uh, but what's your cash reserve? You know, what's your yearly expense, personal expenses? Right. Uh, uh, you know, what happens? You know, what's you know what happens if if this doesn't work out after two years? Uh, you know, all all those things have to be considered. And and and, and you're right about having a net worth of at least a few hundred thousand, and, and and a decent chunk of that has to be in just liquid cash. Yeah. So so you have those reserves, and then lenders do look at outside income, and franchisors, uh, you know, they're doing. Uh, their due diligence. So hopefully you have good credit, or, or, or your credit's on the That's way right. up. And uh, you know, and that you have, and and that this is one aspect of your overall financial plan of what you want to do. Either you're a homeowner now, or you want to be a homeowner. Things are a lot more expensive these days. I was thinking That's of that driving right. into work today. Uh, you know, filling up my car with gas. I mean, really. You know, things are almost like double what they really yeah. should be. Uh, unfortunately, bucks, fifty bucks. I mean, it's crazy. If you're going to have a family or have right. a family and, and all that, it's just, you know, you better, you know, and a lot, and, a, and this goes probably back to why certain franchise systems uh, who aren't supposed to talk about when you're going to break even and when you're going right. to be profitable and all that, but, you know, don't plan on, probably even just plan on not being profitable for a couple of years, even, you know, even though there's That's, a chance yeah. of being profitable. Quickly. Thank you for saying mm. that. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Uh, yeah, I like what you said, Joel, too, about you know self-assessment because I, I talk to my students a lot about that because I think a lot of people don't know how to do that. I like how you say just kind of you know shut everything off, shut the cell phones off, the internet. I mean, because everything. there's just so many distractions today, aren't there? To take a good, honest self-assessment, you know, as far as what you like, what you don't like, what you're good at, what you're not so good at. Um, I think that's so important, and I guess if I had to guess, a lot of people don't do it or they just don't know how to do it. You know, to be able to just sit on a couch and just think, you know, um, I, I think it's so important, you know, there's, there's so many distractions today. We had, um, I don't know if you heard the show uh, from last week, Joel, but we had a, a veteran on the show, and his name was Sean uh, Falk, and I, I knew you, you had a blog at one time, because I, I yeah, used to I follow do. it, and 
you still yeah. do okay and it was on yeah. veterans do you still have, like share the same opinion as far as like veterans getting into oh, yeah. franchising you do okay yeah it's, well it's, it's well, interesting you guys might have not read the latest post on the franchise king blog but yes i do it's it's about veterans um I've helped a few veterans get in business. I think that they, for the most part, can make excellent franchisees. I mean, excellent, probably the best. However, mm-hmm. however, my experience is that nine out of ten veterans I've ever worked with have no money. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. the ones that are yeah. returning right now from overseas, how, how could they have a nest egg built up? So yeah. if, if the lenders will step up and help mm-hmm. them get financed, then we right. have a shot. Otherwise, it's blowing smoke. And if you read the post, you'll see what I mean. It's don't don't set these guys up for, for you know to get all excited about being business owners when they get back from from Iraq and Afghanistan if it's never going to happen because they're not going to get financed. And and, and have the lenders put together real serious incentives. Maybe you only have to put ten percent down. Don't require collateral. Right. Uh, have have a certain credit score. Have mm-hmm. certain exactly uh, incentives where maybe on the back end they, they they can pay back a little more. Maybe yeah. have uh, uh, you know no no, no payments on their loan for the first three or six get months. They put together. You know, there's too much regulation. There's, you know, when, when veterans call me for financing, I kind of cringe a little bit because I, I've and, and it's and, and I really want to help this person. And a lot of times, like you said, they they just but don't have right? the financing needed to get pre-qualified. Yeah, they don't have it. You know, yeah, so it's really frustrating for me to see the focus, you know, uh, being put on veterans right now from the IFA. And, and I even had an email. Uh, back and forth with someone from the IFA about it, and they said that you know there's there's programs being put in place. But you know what? If if the lenders in general are are finding ways to say no for people that mm-hmm. have a nice net worth, that have you know uh, the assets, are they going to give veterans free money because they're veterans? I mean, I don't understand. There's a disconnect. The franchisors are stepping up. They're yeah. They're, they're discounting franchise fees sure. and royalties and this and that. They're doing but what guys, they can. But yeah. If it's a if it's a two hundred thousand dollar investment, say a you know a small retail uh, uh, right. something, yeah, and you know a dollar store, let's say, and and the veteran comes to the table with you know ten thousand dollars, right. has a hundred hundred twenty five thousand dollar net worth. Hello, I mean, right. exactly. What bank is going to finance that person? And, and mm-hmm. but I, I like your idea. Maybe there's something in the back end they can repay, you know, at a higher rate or something. But yeah, like later on, it's got to yeah. be done, right? Or else they're never going to get in business. Yeah, absolutely. There's no such thing so as free money. Yeah. What's what, what's next for you, then, Joel? I know you're going to be doing a lot of promotion for the for the book and things like that. But you know, what, what's what's in the future for like 2012? Um, I think I'm going to be be uh, doing some franchise adv- advisory um, uh, calls a lot more with people after they mm-hmm. start reading the book. Um, so I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. Um, I'm hoping to get on the speaking circuit eventually. Um, I have a couple ideas for that. And I plan on doing a lot more writing um, in a lot more places. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, there's a column that I wrote for CNBC.com that should be up uh, any day. Um, just, you know, kind of some different places. Uh, right. Get the word out and have some book giveaways. And I just want to have fun, and I just want to – to help people get in business the right way. And help people, right. Yeah, exactly. This is the mission of helping people. What's the best way for our listeners, Joel, to, um, to get the book? I know they can go to like Amazon.com, but do you want to plug any websites? I know there's a lot of sure, them. That sure, sure. I have access a, to the book. a very simple and elegant website created just for the book. It's uh, www.becomeafranchiseowner.biz. .biz, okay, fantastic. That's the one. That's the one. All right, great. That's where we'll send our listeners.
listeners. And I want to thank you again, Joel. We, you know, again, we think you're great. We're, we're big fans. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Are you looking for a franchise that delivers? Businesses will always need shipping, and for more than 25 years, loyal customers have depended on Unishippers for reliable savings and exceptional customer service. Unishippers is focused on just one thing, helping small and medium-sized businesses save time and money on all their shipping needs. And as the largest reseller of complete shipping services in the country, we have the buying power to ensure that we succeed. The Unishippers franchise offers low startup costs, no equipment or real estate required because they're not retail, residual income, and a quality of life and work-life balance. For more information on becoming a Unishippers franchisee, go to www.unishippers.com and click Franchise Opportunities or call Franchise Development at 801-708-5822. That's 801-708-5822. Today's great quote in franchising is being brought to you by... Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free, no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising. Rich podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. Today you're going to get to hear from Nick Bibby of the Bibby Group. And Nick wrote a fantastic article a while back called Entrepreneurial Types. Listen to what Nick had to say. I thought it was brilliant. Perseverance, you won't persevere. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and oftentimes too much money is the enemy. <laughs> sure. Right. you got to have the motivation. Keep that, going. That's yeah. key. That's the number one. Absolutely. Yeah, there was something I wanted to go back to, Nick. You wrote a, a, a great article uh, that I read. It was called 
called entrepreneurial types, and you identified the different types of entrepreneurs. You started with an entrepreneur um, and ended with a practical visionary. Do yeah. you want to talk a little bit about that or touch upon that? Because I thought it was a great article. Oh, thank you. Um, if you look at entrepreneurship again uh, on a scale of, of with, with independence as the, the, the key element on the scale, mm-hmm. And one entrepreneurial type, in my mind, is not better than another. It's simply who we are and where we best fit. Well, you know, the, the, the safest entrepreneurial setting is, intra, is entrepreneurship, where right. you, you're operating, and I'm sure your listeners understand all this, you're operating within the framework of a company. The, right. there's, there's a very limited risk factor. The further you move out on the scale of independence, the more alone you are. Certainly. So the next logical step would be what? Franchisee. And I've often used this expression regarding the very finest of franchisees. It's an attitude of help me but leave me alone. Sure. And, <laughs> and, and so, you know, I can define each entrepreneurial type with uh, a given definition, and that's, again, part of the focus program, helping people decide really who they are. Right. And this is quite a lengthy process. When I say that the focus program is a no-fluff program, it takes time and effort to understand ourselves. I'm simply providing a framework and tools so that people can move through the process of understanding their entrepreneurial self. Right. Interesting. Okay. And by the way, the answer to you at the very end when I say practical visionary, mm-hmm. I always put a question mark after that. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> and the reason <laughs> is, you know, a vision may not be very practical at all. Certainly. And oftentimes when the visionary pursues a dream, it's not about the marketplace. It's about them proving something. Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We have about like one minute, Nick. I thought that was a fantastic article. You can actually read the whole article by going to bibigroup.com. Again, that's bibigroup.com, and it's under um, articles, and uh, again, it's called Entrepreneurial Types. So once again, we hope you enjoyed this edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, and again, we'd love to hear your feedback, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.